Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Soulfulpreneur Talk Radio with your hosts, Rachel Archelaus and Megan Grandelmeyer. Merging spirituality and business on the Enlightenment Evolution Network. Hello, my wonderful friends. I'm so glad that you could join us today. I'm Rachel Archelaus, and I'm here with Megan Crandallmeyer. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> we are Soulfulpreneur Radio, and we're just so glad that you could join us. We offer shows to help you merge spirituality and business, and our guests often help you do the same thing and show you how they're living purposefully authentic and joy-filled lives doing what they love. If you would like to join us on the show, you can call in at 347-308-8788. We welcome your questions about your business, your life purpose, your journey, If you want a reading, you can go ahead and call in. We do have an amazing guest today. His name is Neil Gar, and he's the founder of Portal to Ascension. He brings together amazing conferences and webinars uh, really to assist us in our journeys, and we're really excited to talk to him in just a couple minutes. You can find us on our website at soulfulpreneur.com, and soulful has two L's at the end. You can also find us on Facebook, and all of our shows are archived on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, and on our website. We are a part of the Enlightenment Evolution Network, and this is a network for all things metaphysical. We have a fabulous team of hosts, and you can find updates on all of our shows on facebook.com slash Enlightenment Evolution Network. And just so you know, any opinions expressed on Soulfulpreneur Radio by the hosts, us, or our guests does not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Enlightenment Evolution Network. And Neil's also part of our network, and I'm sure he'll tell you more about that soon. So, Megan, I think that covers our bases, yeah? Yes, yes, I think it does. (laughs) Oh, I forgot to say, it is September 22nd. 2015. (laughs) 2015. That's what a right. year. Yeah, and 10 years and people are listening to this, they'll, they'll want to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. So we're very, very excited to have our guest speak to you today. He's created something really magical, and he has an amazing story of, you know, his awakening, and I think you'll really be able to relate to a lot of what he's gone through. So why don't we bring him on? All right. I'm going to click over. If you happen to be on Blog Talk Radio, the chat is open, so you can talk to us there. Hey, Neil. Do we have Neil on the line? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Hey, we're having a little trouble hearing you. Can you hear me now? There we go. Yes, we can. Hi, how yeah. are you? Hey, guys, I'm great. How are you? Doing really awesome. well. <laughs> Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, we're, we're definitely honored. Um, why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about, you know, what what got you here, um, what Portal to Ascension is, and then we'll go back. I think Megan really wants to ask you about um, your teenage awakening. But first, you know, sure. what are you doing now, and, and how did you... How did you get here? Okay, well, basically, um, what we're doing now is we're creating a lot of online events, a lot of in-person events, and our whole intention of this moment is to really draw a big audience through the Internet and help increase this awareness exponentially using all the tools that are available to us within the linear realm, like all the marketing tools and all that. So um, Portal to Ascension was actually created around eight years ago, and it was a progression. It started with small meditative events, where we did sound healings, maybe like five, ten people. And slowly, since we were getting such a big social media pool, we started doing bigger events up until 2012, where we had the Cosmic Reunion Conference and the Cosmic Reunion Fourth Density Conference. Had over 300 people at each one. And that was kind of the milestone in uh, Portal to Ascension's evolution, where we realized that we're not going to be doing small things anymore, and uh, we have the ability to bring the masses together, and better yet, even bring all these revolutionary minds that are doing a lot of big work in the world into one central hub. So Portal to Ascension now, we are, um, I feel we're pioneering a lot of awareness, um, especially in, in the uh, field of consciousness, ascension, UFO disclosure. We're giving um, all these speakers that maybe didn't have such a platform before to really get the message out there. And not only working with those speakers, but um, just people like you and me that aren't so well known in order to give them a platform to have the voices heard so we can really create a grassroots movement. That's where we're at. That's awesome. Yeah, Megan, do you do you want to ask anything about that? No. Oh, I, I think it's great. Um, I think it's interesting because I think you're bringing to light a lot of topics that um, some people aren't even totally aware of. Cause, mm. um, and we'll talk about your awakening because I think uh, a lot of us can live a lot of years and it's just we 3D world, what we see is what we get, and we're not right. even aware. So, for example... Um, I know that you are active with um, something called star seeds. Do you want to explain to our listeners mm-hmm. like what is what does that term star seed mean? Because I think some people may resonate and not even realize. To me, star seed means many incarnations um, all over the universe, and is coming here now to this planet to assist in the awakening process. And there's different that for some people. There are certain people that start seeds places and some people Hey Neil. Um Can you hear me? Yeah. Your line that keeps cutting out every few words. Is there um is there another way you can call in or is there a better spot yeah. you could let, go to? Let me call you let me call in on my other phone because I okay. have better service over here, okay? I'll call in nine four nine three zero two four one nine four. Catch me on that. Okay. I'll be there in a second. Bye. Thanks. Yeah, that darn Mercury retrograde, Rachel. I don't know. I try not to blame my whole life on that, but. Hey, stuff happens all the time, you know. I mean, my Internet cuts out all the time, too. Um, but I'm really glad that you brought up that question because yeah. it's dear to me, and I think a lot of people are awakening to the fact that that does resonate, and they just, they're in the beginning searches of what it is for them. I agree. So, Neil, we have you back. Yes. Can you hear me now? Yes. So, yeah. unfortunately, you started... It, I think so. 
um, you started to cut out immediately after that. I asked the question, so if you could start from the beginning of um, what is a star seed, that would be awesome. Sure. Me, star seed, someone that's had uh, many incarnations throughout the universe in different planetary systems, dimensions, um, and they're here now on this planet for a reason, and they've incarnated on this planet in order to assist in the awakening process that we're all going through. Um, there, I've come across different speakers that have said that there are like a certain amount of souls that are star seeds, and other people are here from Earth. But I truly feel that we are all playing our role, no matter what level of consciousness we're at on this planet, and that we're all star seeds here to assist in the awakening, whether we're doing active work like Horus Ascension is doing, or whether you're just um, playing your role in this game of life, so to speak. Okay, so so if if you're not a starseed, I mean, this this will mm-hmm. bring up a huge philosophical question. Like, um, yes. I suppose, what, oversouls or, you know, so some of us are from star places and others well, of us are what? What is your theory? I feel that um, we've all had many incarnations everywhere, that there are some people that I've met that feel that it's their first time on Earth, that they've been... Um, They've had incarnations elsewhere and the, the first time on Earth. Then I met people that feel that they've only been on Earth. Now, I feel that everybody has been everywhere, but the reason why they have that feeling of, oh, I'm from Earth, I'm, I'm not really connected to the stars or whatever, is because that, that theme is the predominant theme of their life. So a lot of people incarnate into this reality. And For example, I, I feel like I'm an Arcturian, which which is a, a different realm, and there's a, um, there's a bunch of different beings in Arcturus. However, I know that I've had equal incarnations everywhere. But the, the energy and the, the frequency of Arcturus is what is actually assisting me in my life now, which is why I resonate to it. So I ultimately feel that everybody's a starseed. However, we are born in here with certain themes to experience, and some people just need to experience the Earth one, and they don't feel that connection to the stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I totally mm-hmm. agree with your view of that, Neil, and and it's like we're just choosing what character we want to play now and where we want to draw our energy from. So we've been everything, we are everything, but we're just we're just honing in on certain things right now. Great. And one thing that um, I came across a while ago from Dolores Cannon was that she says in her book that in 1940s there was an influx of starseed souls coming onto this planet. And what happened was during when nuclear power came out and the first atomic bomb went off, there was a call out to the universe basically saying that like Earth needs some help and the only the only energy that can really affect dimensions and kind of mess with other civilizations is atomic energy and nuclear energy when we penetrate things on the quantum level. So a lot of ETs um, didn't want to see Earth destroyed and didn't want their um, timelines destroyed too. So come into the 1940s, that was when the first wave of indigos came in where all these um, souls started incarnating onto Earth. And the reason why they came to Earth is that there's the law of non-interference, that um, ETs are not able to interact with us directly right now without um, without inhibiting our individual growth. So we need to be on our own entire journey, so the only way that they can affect us is by incarnating here. So that was the influx of star seeds that started coming in the 40s, and why I feel we see such a huge increase in population right now on the planet. Hmm, interesting. And maybe why the 50s and 60s? were such exactly, a change yes. in this country and, and at least in Western culture where, you know, they wanted more music and more choices mm-hmm. and more freedom and all that. Hmm. Yeah. 
And if you actually put it to a timeline, the timeline of when she says the um, the star seeds started coming in, when they were 20, that was just right around the hippies' age. So right. I feel that like the hippie movement was the first wave of indigos, and then the government kind of tried to discredit it, and now it's kind of like, oh, you're a yuppie, you're a hippie. It's just some something that people kind of laugh at, but it was really the first wave of this awareness coming, and now we're in the second wave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so, um, kind of staying in, in the more broad themes, I think my other question to you is is the idea of, uh, like, this overall power over us and that there's there's groups. This, this would go into, like, conspiracy theories, like there's the Illuminati <laughs> and there's groups that oppress us and are keeping us sort of dumbed down and worker bees and and I and I read about that and you know I, I have a very analytical side and I'm like right. hey, you know I don't know like how do these groups operate if this is true because in the end as humans mm-hmm. we all live anywhere from 70 to 90 years and we die so why is it so important to each of these individuals that there's all this mm. oppression or is it yeah well, the thing is that um, from what I've researched, and um, some speakers have said that these individuals that have the higher um, kind of control over the world don't die at 70, 90 years old. And the, um, the interesting part is the reason why they can continue doing what they do is because we do die that long. We're, we're babies before we even die, you know? And I feel that we're meant to live longer, and all these things like... Um, like GMOs that alter our DNA and um, chemtrails, aspartame, fluoride, all those things that they try to put out there has inhibited our growth. Um, I also came across this information before that um, our bodies, there is no um, actual genetic code in our DNA to say that we should die. So Russian scientists were looking for the code for that, and they couldn't find it. So what they realized was what happens is when you ingest things throughout life, your body slowly decays. So you feel that you're aging, but what's happening is your insides are decaying. So I feel that we die at an early age and we feel it's because of old age, but it's really because our external environment isn't kind of flourishing enough to allow us to live longer lives. So these people in um, in whatever power there are, could be they could be just humans that have um, descended the same information from bloodline to bloodline, and they're always following the same agenda. And I don't even doubt that they could have some sort of connection to ETs or some advanced technologies that prolong their lives. Mm. Wow, interesting theory. I like it. I've never heard anything yeah. like that before. Rachel, well, is actually, this new to you or no? Probably not. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated with the longevity movement, and um, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's, it, it makes so much sense, right, when you really think about it. Like, I mean, we're all energetic bodies anyway. This is just a projection. So there's really no mm-hmm. cause and effect here. But but then even to have that show up on the 3D level, like there's no gene right. for death in, in there. So, yeah, I, it's, it's amazing. And, I mean, the biggest thing to remember, though, is like even the Illuminati are playing a role. They're just mm-hmm. incarnated as well. So we're all playing a game and... Um, it's a fascinating game to research and play in, but it's just a game. All right? Have you have you guys heard of the Gnostic Bible by any by any chance? Gnostic text. Yeah, I've so heard the, the term. Gnostic text, um, basically, in 325 AD, Constantine called the Council of Nicaea, where he sat with um, the highest 
um, bishops and popes from the world, and they got all the Gospels together, and they took out certain ones and rewrote it in the way they wanted to do it. Now, um, in the Gnostic Bible, before it was changed in 325 AD, it says that um, when God said, I need someone to go down to earth to give, um, give humans the experience of darkness. So the first person that raised his hand was Lucifer, the angel of light, God's most trusted angel. So the story in the original text from the Bible is that Lucifer wasn't the devil. Lucifer was a volunteer that came down to earth to give us the experience of darkness. And then the Illuminati, their, their name symbolizes um, light bearers. So the Illuminati are the Luciferians, but the Luciferians are the volunteers, not the evil ones. So that kind of changes the whole context of us thinking things are evil, because truly, there is no good or bad. Everybody's playing the role perfectly fine, and even though we want, we're passionate about changing it, we have to really accept that this is exactly how it was meant to be. Mm. I have heard that before. I'm trying to remember if, um, Rachel, if maybe it was even in Julia Sante's book. <clears throat> I, I can't quite recall, but that's fascinating, because then that just brings up um, the topic of unconditional love, right? And that mm-hmm. that you can you can love the Illuminati, you can love yeah, the yeah. perpetrators as much as as the what we say the good people are, right? Right, exactly. Because like you can't fight fire with fire, you know. And even though it sounds very, some people think it's really woo woo when I say like you got to send love to the Illuminati, but ultimately, like we if we if we meet them at the same frequency they're at, then we're just stuck at that frequency. So it's a it's a frequency war, really. We just need to raise our vibration to the level where that stuff can't affect us anymore. You know, mm. there, there'll be some changes. There'll be like huge changes on the wor- in the world, and some people will perceive it as um, chaotic and doomsday scenario. But that's just their perception because of their frequency. So if if we continue doing the work we're doing, and our work is just to really help people raise their vibration. So if we keep doing that work, when um, when the shift hits the fan, then people are going to um, be able to not trip out as much as they would if they're at that lower vibration. Hmm. hmm. I love it. Well, I would like to go back in time a little bit and sure. and ask you. You know, you're doing you're doing such amazing, expansive things in the world. Where did you start out, and have you always had this curiosity and this desire to spread truth? Like, what? Where did it start for you? Well, I was born in London, and I came to California when I was 12, and I was basically, I was raised in an Indian family. My mom and dad are very, um, well, my dad's somewhat religious, he believes in the Hindu God, but my mom is very much into Hindu God. So I was just raised in um, in that faith, but I never really truly owned it and accepted it as as me. Like, I, I always talked about the universe and the cosmos. I just had that kind of energy. When I was 18 years old, I went to college, I started writing a lot of poetry. In my poetry, I would write things about, like, um, just kind of uh, fictional stories about, like, extraterrestrial races and different planets and dimensions, things that I've never researched or found out before. Then, just by synchronicity, a few months into college, I came across a video by Jordan Maxwell that spoke about the connection to the Sumerians and um, about the ET race that the Sumerians were connected to called the Anunnaki. And this was, like, blowing my mind. I was... It was what was blowing my mind more so was the fact that this text was the oldest known written scriptures on earth. So it's like the only thing that we can translate, the oldest we can go, the furthest we can go back. And then these stories within this text were actually talking about um, people from the Bible, people from the Hindu, Bhagavad Gita. So 
I was so I said to myself, well, either um, every religion in the world that this text is the source of is fake because this original text is talking about aliens, or every single religion in the world comes from aliens. So that kind of drew me back to this whole, um, kind of went down the rabbit hole from there. I went into conspiracy theories, uh, found out about the Illuminati. I got really fear-based probably from like 19 to 23, where I was just, everywhere I'd go, I'd be like talking about this and telling people about like the corruption, the control that's going on. And um, ultimately, this, this led up until maybe 2006, where I decided that I wanted to create a Facebook group um, based on the information I'm gathering and kind of like a central hub where everybody can just post videos like they do now so I can just learn more. So I created a group. It was called 2012 Consciousness, Mind, Evolution, and Presence. Over a period of two years, um, I had a few dreams where I changed the name, and ultimately the name changed to Portal to Ascension. And in 2008, I um, lost my job as a stockbroker. I had to redefine myself as who I was, and I was kind of lost and confused, and I was really down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. And the summer of 2008, I was at an open mic, and my there was this person on stage, and he was singing a reggae song that he created called My Name is Love. And I remember that moment, because in that, in that moment, I had this um, epiphany where I realized that all the darkness that had gone through, all the fear and all the chaos in the world no longer mattered because the end game was love. And that was like actually the day where I met my whole soul family, because everybody was there, his friends, my friends, we, we, connect, we all connected together. And uh, from 20, 2008 onwards, Portal to Ascension shifted to do events on raising the consciousness of humanity. And now from then, we've just slowly been getting bigger and bigger and bigger, teaming up with even more people, because our intention is really to create a, um, a hub where everybody can just come and be a part of it, like a huge forum where we can share ideas and we can inspire each other to be who we really truly should be. Well, that's awesome. I love that you, you had that defining moment too, where you just kind of surrendered and saw your end game. And that's mm-hmm. it's a wonderful visual to have because you know it was all the people there, everything was set up for you, it was perfect synchronicity, and um, mm-hmm. and you accepted it. You know, some people would still resist, but um, it sounds like it turned out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I was I was really down and out for a long time because. I just saw no end game. I was like, oh, my God, like, what's going to happen to us? Um, I, when when little things would happen in the world, I would get even more triggered and go down the conspiracies and figure out what's going on, and it wasn't helping me out at all. And then when I realized it's all love, so now I've, I've been on the other side of the spectrum where I see all the fear and I see how there's nothing there, and now I'm on the complete opposite side of it all where I see the grand scheme of the universe and why we're here. So I feel that I have an understanding of both sides, so portal to ascension, we're um, we're not here just to spread metaphors and metaphysical truth. We're here to appease the linear mind because even though there's there's a community out there such as you guys and myself that are really awake to this stuff, there's a lot of people that aren't. And portal to ascension is the hub for those people. When people start waking up, and as I like to say, like start walking around like chickens with their heads cut off because they don't know what's going on. I want to have an online university for them so that they can come to and learn all the technical stuff, like um, why quantum physics is connected to spirituality, um, what the true physics of the universe is, um, what's our true ancient history, because everything that we've been told is a lie. And once you figure out like what our real history is and where we really come from, then the, there's no limit to what we can achieve. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about the breadth of subjects that you cover, like, you know, having Stephen mm-hmm. Greer on and talking about UFO disclosure and then Jim Self and sacred geometry and, like, physics. Yeah. And you have such an amazing group. Lisa Royal with, um, you know, Moises. Yeah, it's just, it's so comprehensive and, and it is so user-friendly. You know, your graphics are beautiful. Your trailers are beautiful. And... And I can see the care and the such high vibrational stuff that you put into it. So, Thank you. yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm sure that there are just so many people out there that are very grateful for the service that you do. Mm. Thank you so much. Um. So our topics are that we're, we're going over right now is basically I'm, I'm thinking, um, of anything that I can think of that I feel could be of use to everybody, we create an event on. Like Physics of the Universe um, event that we just had was one of the best events I feel we've done where we had Jim Self, we had Jamie Janover, who's a representative for Nassim Haramain in the Residence Project. Um, who else do we have? Um, a few other people that come to me. But um, basically, like these events that we're creating, I've really never heard somebody come up with these titles and these topics. So we're really getting very niche into certain things. We're even going to start a series of workshops um, with certain people that are channeling advanced EC technologies on free energy devices. So we're going to start doing three-part series of workshops on disclosing all the equations, all the information behind this stuff, and um, kind of showing people the benefits they can get from it. So and even um, in two weeks from now, we have a, all, a four-hour event with four different speakers on free energy where we're also going to give out people the um, blueprints on how to create certain devices. So what we really want to do is we don't want to just spread the information. We want to channel back the funds that we're getting in to fund these other people that are actually creating these things that can change the world. Yeah, I I heard in uh, one of your interviews um, about a woman who channels some sort of entity and, and she's channeling information to, to make like new technologies, mm-hmm. which um, tell right. us a little bit about that. That sounded pretty fascinating and are we ready for that <laughs> i think so her, her name's marina jacoby and she um she creates something called a harmonic reactor and basically she's had uh, a connection with her guides her whole entire life and then um fairly recently she had an awakening where they started communicating with her on a more constant basis and she found that she was talking to the energy of Ra and um, a few different et races and the council of nine which i believe is from sirius and they're giving her all these equations. And she's not a quantum physicist. She's not a mathematician. Um, she's not into any of that stuff. And all of a sudden, all this all this information is coming from her. And I've seen her, like, pamphlets. I've seen her equations. It's, like, it's pretty advanced stuff. And um, they're basically saying that we're giving you everything you need to know as you need to know it in order for you to create these devices. So she doesn't know um, what's going to happen next. She doesn't know where to go from there. They're constantly giving her downloads for this stuff. So that's the person that we're actually going to do the three-part series on. And I want to work, like, basically if anybody's out there and anybody's listening to us, if you have any information or um, if you have any information that you want to tell to the the masses, if you have any technologies you want to disclose, um, Pulitzer Center is a perfect platform for that where we can literally have thousands of people with us in one day. This is what I really love about this is that we can have thousands of people connected on one event in one day. We're creating a grid work all over the planet and just, by us all setting our intention at the same time when we're all located everywhere, I feel has a huge uh, contribution to the shift on the planet. 
Hmm. So with the channel material that Marina mm-hmm. is taking, is is that not considered ETs interfering a little bit with us, though? Where's the line? I mean, I, as you mentioned earlier, the starseeds have mm. come here incarnated, but now we're getting information yeah, not yeah. from humans. What's your thought on that? Well, I think that, that would be the same kind of thing as channeled, like if, from Bashar, from um, Treb, from Adronis. All those mm-hmm. ETs are basically doing the same thing where they're giving that awareness. So... Um, but um, when I went to a Bashar workshop once, he actually said that the first form of contact, which is what we're going to usher in, will be channeling. So the first form of us having interaction with the ETs will be us channeling the ETs and them providing us information like that. So even though there was a lot of non-interference, that goes back to December 21st, 2012, that even though that they signified a lot of things, including galactic alignments, that they also signified the end of the... Um, the quarantine. Earth has been in quarantine mm. for a long, long time, and now Earth is no longer in quarantine, so ET races can openly interact with us. However, they don't want to do it until we reach a certain vibration. So even though they can come down and do whatever they want, theoretically, allegedly, right now, that's, that's what's said, the, the fact is that they're not going to come and meet us because we're at the vibration where if, we, if they come down here, our governments may try to start a war with them. So we need to kind of evolve spiritually a little more before we can have that open communication. So I think channeling mm-hmm. is the first step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever read any of the Seth material by Jane Roberts? No, I haven't. No? I've been recommended to read that, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah, oh, no, I was just curious because that was uh, early. I mean, she channeled back in the 60s. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they were just this kind of normal, artsy couple living in... Um, upstate New York and 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 between her channeling and her husband handwriting everything she said they have volumes and volumes of information and I always just thought that wow. it was fascinating because it was when it wasn't a trend and it, they didn't even have a telephone in their apartment so they were just doing mm-hmm. this work because they were called to do it so yeah That's yeah it, it's interesting mm-hmm. um so um, so when you research stuff, especially like when you were younger or even now, because we're always reading mm-hmm. and hearing new things, and of course there are some people out there that are spreading false information. What's your gauge? Like how do you know? Do you feel it in your body that something is resonating? And what does that feel like versus, you know, calling out the stuff that doesn't feel so authentic? Well, the, the number one thing I look for is whether they're quoting a positive future or a negative future. Because um, there's certain people that are saying, like, uh, that there could be a galactic war that could happen mm-hmm. from ET races, you know. Because we work with not just spiritualists that are into ETs. We work with very linear people that are just straight UFO disclosure. So there's a, um, I want to use my discernment because I don't want to – I feel that whatever we put our thoughts to and our intentions to, we create. And if we are putting out this message to thousands of people that are open to listening to what we have to say, then we can – we could shift their reality to focus on either negativity or positivity. So mm-hmm. I want to really um, make everybody aware that even though the world looks all crazy right now, this is exactly, this is the growing pains the planet's supposed to go through, that we are experiencing exactly what we signed up for, which is duality, and the only way we can go back to the oneness is if we can go to the darkest of the dark. And we've come and we've experienced the lowest dimension, because even though we exist in the third, they say the plant kingdom is the first dimension, the Ocean is a second dimension. So we exist in the lowest of dimensions right now. So no matter what happens, there is going to be 
um, no matter what we see around us, we got to know that the only way we can go now is up. The only what, only thing that we can do now is unite and bring come together. And energizing fear is not going to get us anywhere. Hmm. Hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I so, also use. Um, mm-hmm. I also talk to speakers too, just to add to that. Uh, I do sit and meditate with it. I have my my wife Soul. She actually is. We have a good team, and she is actually the uh, speaker researcher. So she spends like a day, a, a week, where I give her a full list of speakers because we're just on it. We're booking events one to two years in the future. Like when we launch our new website in one, in one week, we're going to have a year worth of events, two to three a month, ready to go. So she sits down and researches and writes down the notes to see whether we're in alignment with them or not with our own belief systems. But then at the same time, we're, we're open to we don't want to have control over the message, you know? So we're open and we, that's why we're a central hub for a lot of people to share their, what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Wow. So um, tell us a little bit about your wife then and how you met and, and yeah. was there like instant connection there? Like, did you know each other before <laughs> or? <laughs> well, so she was one of the people I met in 2008 at that open mic and we were friends. She was married. We were friends for three years and she got divorced and I, I like, I really didn't think that I'd ever be with her because she's a very beautiful, beautiful woman, and I just didn't think that she would ever be with me at that point in my life. You know, now I now I can own that she can. <laughs> so like, um, so then three years later, she's divorced, and I'm going on tour with Brad Johnson, who channels the Dronus, up and down the coast to do channeling events, and um, she's like has nowhere to go. She's like, hey, can I come with you on the ride? And basically on that journey, we we ended up you know, getting together and yeah. we've been together ever since. And But like, we we know that we have a huge soul connection. We've had readings. We know we've had many lives together and that we're meant to do this with each other. And um, music is what brought us together. We're both spoken word artists. We, so we met doing poetry. We're both doing poetry that night. And um, now we're just kind of joined forces and we're working out our own issues in order to really grow as a sacred unit so we can help impact the world even more. Mhm. Interesting. Yeah. So, was she in a uh, always interested in spirituality and this type of stuff too? Like, she she's been she... she's been almost every religion. She was a she was a Mormon. <laughs> she was a Catholic. She was raised Catholic. She's always been a searcher. And then when we met, and before we actually got together, when we first met, I was doing a lot of spiritual events. So I would invite all the people that I met to my events, and then she would come to all of them. She'd be part of the sound healings. Uh, we did some conferences with Laura Eisenhower and Dr. Dream. She'd come to that. So that was kind of the beginning of her awakening process. And then we'd spend hours and hours just talking about all this information where I'd like, just do a download of, like, races, our galactic history and all that stuff. And um, then she would go home and research all this stuff on her own. So I was kind of just providing her insight onto my spiritual awakening, and then she went ahead and started looking on YouTube and finding all this stuff out. And now, mm-hmm. like, it's really interesting, actually, because... It was, she she um, asked the universe for abundance, right? This is a year before we got together. And my MC name, because I'm a, I'm a spoken word artist and a rapper, my MC name is Abundance. And then a year after that, we got together. So it was like... What, <laughs> so the universe we, we were like... When we were at different levels of awareness, uh, we even though we loved each other, she was growing on her own. She had her own beliefs. I had my own beliefs. 
three years later when we got together, we literally were on the same page of everything. So it was like such a synchronicity that it was that we were supposed to just be friends for three years until we became and we saw eye to eye. And as soon as we got to the same frequency with each other, we got together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. It's all about vibration. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, that's a great that's a great story. <laughs> so, so I was wondering <laughs> Um, you know, a lot of people who listen to the show are, are are kind of awakening. They're feeling called into their their version of service, and they're wanting to live their purpose in a bigger way. A lot of people feel like they're teachers, right? So they'll get their content going and, and have clients. And a lot of people are what feels more like a connector, right? Like they'll connect people with other teachers and information and the portal to ascension is such a big connector and yeah yeah so i often find though that connectors i hate labels but you know what i mean Mm -hmm. people who are connectors often often feel left out like they don't realize how how (laughs) powerful that role is do you have any comment on that yeah, yeah, that's really funny you say that, actually, because I w- I've, I consider myself a huge networker, a huge connector. I've introduced people to a lot of people, and they've done big, big things. And my my mission, uh, my lesson through my life is, like, this This happened not only with the spiritual realm, but like, throughout my life with, with my other friends when I was younger. But then I would see a lot of people would go and do their own things, and they would just leave me, and I was just left alone. So my whole entire life, I was going through meeting people, connecting people, and then being ditched. So <laughs> I got to the point when I was in Portal to Ascension, like towards the beginning, that I was very sensitive. So I was um, connecting people all the time that were doing big things in Portal to Ascension, and I was left out all the time. So it took a good four years of that continuously happening before I completely owned my role as a facilitator. And now I I'm, I'd really don't um, concern myself about fame or or being known for what I'm doing. And the paradoxical thing is, as soon as I let go of that, everybody who's coming at me now uh, recognizing me for who I am. So I feel yeah. that, you know, as soon as I owned who I am and I've become confident, because I was working a full-time job up until six weeks ago, um, even though I've done poor ascension and I've done that full-time before, I've never really truly owned it. Because I couldn't even say it to my family members properly because they just think I'm crazy. I, I can't. <laughs> If I meet a regular person in the street, sometimes I would stumble over my words because they're not able to understand. So I, I would struggle with that. But now, like, um, I'm just—I have nothing else to do. This is my full-time job. Like, I can't tell my mom or dad that, um, you know, I'm I'm just at work doing some SEO. I say, yeah, we're doing an event with Stephen Greer because you want to know what I'm doing for work, and this is what he does. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm at the stage now that. If I really want to believe that we're shifting in consciousness, I can't be insecure anymore about it. I need to, like, own it and tell the world and just not even care what they think of me in return, you know? Yeah, that's an amazing lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you speak so well, Neil, and you can just feel that your your self-acceptance at this point. Like, hey, mm-hmm. this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And I think, right. you know, definitely a lot of our listeners um, that are waking up or, you know, they have skepticism and all that. And that's just just keep going with what feels right. That's how, that's what I tell yeah. my friends that are struggling. It's like what feels right to you. And you have to do it for you. You can't be trying to please other people. you got to start just exactly. 
owning it. And, and like you said, you kind of released expectations on fame yeah. and fortune or whatever and, and realized what your mission, true mission was. And once you relaxed into that, then more started to happen. So you're definitely a soulful preneur. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and as soon as I let go of that, actually, because I spent, to give you some context, I spent a year emailing back and forth with Greg Braden just to get in for uh, just to get in for an hour interview. So it, it takes a, a lot of energy, and it took a year and a half for us to even work anything out with Stephen Greer. So now that um, now that you I've owned it, now we're getting speakers on that level that are contacting us. So it's just mm-hmm. like we're we're getting to the level where we want to start manifesting all these people to connect with us. Because, like, what I feel portal to ascension, like, I feel that we are going to be a really huge component in this whole global disclosure. So I want everybody to be part of it. Mm. That's beautiful because what you're doing, the message and the speakers are so big that you're trying to bring in, but yet it was that inner work for yourself exactly. that you had yep. to do before it all really started to blossom. And that's a great yeah. lesson there. Yeah, it all starts with in- you and how you feel. Right, and I still see like I still have certain things that I'm working through, and I I literally see the exact reflection of me working through that, like how it's manifesting in my business, you know. Yes. So it's like the more it's happening for everybody, it just depends on how conscious you are of it, you know, because everything is a direct reflection. So now I'm just like, okay, like I need to work through this, I need to do this in my relationship, and slowly but surely everything is coming into, you know, into the perfect place. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that idea of reflection. Rachel knows that I'm actually, I do web design as my primary thing, but um, my real passion is photography. And I actually named my website Mirrorless Reflections because of that. And I and I talk in, on my page, the about page, like, what's the name? And I'm, so I explain exactly what you just said. I, I see my outer uh-huh. world as a reflection, and it's amazing. But when weird stuff starts to happen, you take ownership of even the weird bad stuff. You're like, all right, yeah. what if, what haven't I looked at? <laughs> right, <laughs> What's right. going on? It's all my mm-hmm. fault. <laughs> there's, a, there's so many layers to it. Like, like I, I jokingly say to my wife at times, like, if I was this far gone it's two years ago and I'm still not quite there yet, how far do I have to go? You know, because <laughs> there's like yeah. there's so many different layers of things and programming that are just on us. And once you become aware of it, conscious of it, you can get really self-critical about things. You know. So I'm, I'm working on I'm working on accepting myself for being self-critical, because mm-hmm. allowing myself to criticize myself. Before I would get angry and say, "Oh, I'm, like I feel not spiritual, feel not alignment because I'm criticizing myself so much." But now when I do it, I just lovingly say to myself, "Like you, you are allowed to feel how you want to feel." You know, just yeah. accept myself. Yep. Yeah, this is where I'm at right now. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it is. Well, we do have a guest. Caller, great. Um, who raised their hand? Should we take a question? Yeah. yeah sure. Okay. Cool. Um, okay. I've never had a guest caller before. <laughs> oh, awesome! Perfect. Um, three zero five seven seven eight. You're on the air. Hi. Yes. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you? Good. Good. I I have a question and. And I wanted to know, how can you get in touch with your life purpose? Like, you're living your life, you know that you are meant to do something else, but you don't know quite what. Hmm. 
That's a great question. Neil, do you want to answer that? Sure. I I feel that we all have something to say for that, so I'll say a little bit something and you guys can continue. So I feel that in order to get with your life purpose, um, well, I'll give you my own story, that I went my whole life looking for, you know, what I wanted to do. And just like we were talking about before, when I um, stopped, when I let go of the need to have something, have some direction, it kind of fell into place for me. So what I really work on is accepting myself for where I'm at now and accepting for whatever I'm doing in the world and seeing purpose within that. And as soon as you stop feeling that you're not doing what you should be doing, then I feel things will come into um, place for you. Mm. Interesting. I like <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, I hadn't yeah. thought about it that well, well, right now I'm, I'm working on a lot of um, – I've been seeing a lot of people being really concerned about the past and worrying about the future, and I'm just – I'm seeing it in a lot of things, the way I communicate, the way other people communicate. I feel what we really need to work upon is um, if we have any thoughts that are thinking that we're not perfect where we are right now, then maybe we should see why we don't feel that we're perfect right now. Mm-hmm. That it that is. Although sometimes I think when we're feeling that, it's that we're a little off track. We're you know we're not in full resonance with who we really are, and so you start to feel uncomfortable. So um, for the caller, I mean, I I went through that, and I'm still going through the what's my purpose. Although right now I think my purpose is to do this show, have a lot of variety in my life, um, be really authentic, and so. Um, my passion for photography really took off when I just settled into, wow, I, I really love doing this and I love the hours that I spend doing it because I lose track of myself and I'm just in the in the moment. And so I'd mm-hmm. say to you, like, what is it, what can you do, even if it's just on the weekends or just at night for an hour, where mm-hmm. you lose yourself? Like, do you love reading or gardening or... Because uh, I think the more you, you lose yourself and you're in that really happy place, then uh-huh. the vibration goes up and you allow more guidance to come in. Okay. Rachel, okay. do you have a thought? Yeah, so what is it that you enjoy doing? What what is what just purely makes you happy? Well, I love to read, but you can't make a living doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you, you actually can. The judgment though. <laughs> I mean, the the quest here is to really acknowledge what you enjoy and not judge it. So mm-hmm. you you're not going to mm-hmm. go from not knowing who you are, not knowing your purpose to to then like replacing your corporate paycheck the next day, right? It doesn't normally happen that like that. It's a it's a very winding path. And your real only purpose in this life is to be yourself. And so that means anything. That means, like, if you love sweeping the street, go sweep the street. If you love flushing the toilet all day, like, flush the toilet all day. (laughs) Whatever gives you that sense of wonder and joy, that is where your service is. And so, you know, some people... Um, right away will we'll discover some kind of vocation or something they can get paid at. But mm-hmm. sometimes it just sometimes you'll get money from the most random source in order for you to continue on with what brings you joy that doesn't pay you. So your your quest right now is to find what 
makes you smile, do more of that no matter what it is, and that will lead to you being supported. And it may not be that you're directly exchanging your service for money. It could be that you're supported in another way. You could, you know, mm-hmm. get a settlement. You could, anything, anything can happen. So don't judge it. Just do what makes you happy, and that will lead you. Um, it'll snowball into you just finding finding your purpose and feeling like you're living on purpose. But that, but purpose is seriously all it is is that feeling inside of you that you're doing something you love. Like that's really that's all it is. Wow. Well, thank you so much. You're thank welcome. You so get reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling in. Thank you. Okay. That was fun because she said, you know, you can't make a living reading, but I think editors of the world will beg to differ, right? So it's all in how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know someone who gets paid for doing book reviews. Um, there are ways to get paid doing anything, but I think before before you look to how to make money doing it, first you need to really go down, like Neil said, go down the rabbit hole for a little while and like get engrossed in what you're doing, like Megan said, and then yeah. you'll really find the juice because the juice is often it's it's deeper. It's like down a couple of layers, you know. Yeah. Right. I also it feel is- that uh, a lot of people say that what's their life purpose, and a lot of people mean what they want to do to contribute to the shift in humanity. And I also feel that um, just holding the vibration affects a lot of people around you. So if your mission, you really want to assist with humanity and you're not sure what to do, just know the fact that you're just going out there and spreading love and being yourself and being authentic is all you need. Because what we really need, what the planet needs, is more authentic people. So we all got to step into that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Very true. In Western culture, though, I think we all crave some sort of recognition and and we see the Oprahs of the world making such big sweeping changes or, you know, and have such influence. And I think some people feel small like and what's your advice to them like you you feel like well if i'm just being a good human being here in this little small town in connecticut you know how come i can't be oprah you know yeah yeah well i feel everybody has has their past and we don't really know how those people in power or those celebrities became who they are and what their contracts are so ultimately the hierarchy thing about somebody being great and you having more impact it doesn't matter because we're all like, um, forget the name of that game, but I think it's Chenga when you pull out one of those pieces and everything falls. So right. I, I feel that we're we're all parts of it, and just taking one person out of like the space-time continuum that is this planet right now will will be imbalanced because everybody that is supposed to be here is here. Mm. That's a great way of looking at it. I like mm-hmm. that. Jenga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So um, we're starting to run out of time here, but what's, um, why don't you tell us your website address again and, like, what's coming up that some of our listeners might, yep. you know, like if they want to get in touch with you or, or learn more about how to be more active with this. Sure. So we're launching a new website in about just over a week from now, and we're going to have all, we're going to have maybe, I think we're starting out with the next five events, but within a few months we'll have the whole entire year up there. And our website is portalsascension.org. Our next event's coming up. We have a free energy event called Synergy Elements of the Oneness. 
And this this is a five-part series where we're doing every single element, earth, wind, fire, water, ether. Fire represents free energy. Earth represents the earth, of course, and so forth. And ether is going to represent the spiritual knowledge. So that's going to be on um, September 27th. We have David Sarita, Dan Winter, a couple other people, and then we have Jonah Bolt from Starsea International. He's going to be the MC. So that's actually the beginning of our TV series. We're going to start a monthly Sunday TV series with him. And then following that, we have an event with Michael Tellen called Origins of Money and Ubuntu Update. And this event is going to be a four-hour workshop basically um, showing you how the monetary system was inorganically planted into our reality where where the powers of being used want us to think that money kind of evolved naturally from bartering. But through the information that Michael Tellinger has gathered, he showed how it was imposed onto humanity and how they've done this in order to create a slave race. So the whole mm. thing is going to be really breaking, breaking like everything all the way back from the Sumerians up until uh, 1940 Africa. He like t- he covers about the gold trade and what happened, and everything, all with amazing evidence. And then he's going to go into the solutions about how we're going to um, shift this, about the Ubuntu movement and moving away from the monetary system, what it means for humanity, basically. So he's doing some amazing work. And we're doing his webinars exclusively online, giving it to a broader audience. Then we have Laura Eisenhower on October 10th, 1010. And that event is going to be called um, Gaia Sophia in a Stargate. So the whole thing for this event is about the um, dark agendas, the dark technologies that have kind of um, been embedded in this planet and how they're shifting out now and why they're shifting out and how you can learn about who you are and the more you empower yourself, the more you can shift from that vibration with any of that stuff affecting you. So those are just the next few events coming up. Wow. Mm-hmm. Boy, the money one is super interesting. That um, one's going to be amazing, yeah. Yeah. like How it's, yeah, it's really just a control thing. And, and it truly is. I mean, even everybody struggles with that, right? Like, oh, money, money, money. And sometimes I look at it like, right. boy, it would be different if money wasn't such a, factor, a right? yeah, such a factor. Like, what would we do if we all just had enough? And right. I don't know how I, I can't picture it though without. Uh, seems I like know, there huh? could be chaos well, if everybody well, could just jump on a plane and go to the Jamaica. Poor Jamaica. <laughs> right, right, right. See, that's that's why we need to raise our vibration. Money is a complete reflection of the vibration we're at right now on the planet. Like, money is yeah. us. Money yeah. is fiending. We're fiending. We're like lost. We're confused. That's what money's doing. So as soon as we all raise our vibration, that's when the systems will start falling. But the only thing is that we we know for sure, like, we can't just impose a system in the middle of a system. The only way we can impose something completely different is if one system falls. So what needs to happen is the monetary system and the financial system of the world used by the central banking system needs to collapse so that we can start putting in something that's for the people. Even if it is monetary-based at first, as long as it's the people's bank, it won't be the same issues that we have right now because right now it's a centralized bank owned by a group of individuals that supersede any world government. Yeah. You know? So we need to really get out of that. And that, yeah. that actually, let me add, add to this, it's very interesting that every single country that the U.S. has invaded has been um, a country that has moved away from the central bank to a people's bank. So it's mm-hmm. like there's something going on there that even though all this drama is created about, oh, them doing this, them doing that, it's really all about the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, we could have you on and talk a whole hour about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You know, Jim Self talks a lot about this too. Um, so we'll have to ask him when he's on. Uh, I, I I do find it fascinating how the World Bank and how the oil prices and everything and is so connected to the shift and really nothing is separate. Right. You know, we, we can't let me, get away let me from add anything. This to that. Yeah. The oil thing is very interesting. You said that because the number one reason I feel, and other people say this um, too, but I feel this is the number one reason that UFO disclosure is not um, disclosed yet. If if we admit that ETs are visiting us and have been visiting us for thousands of years, the first question is, how did they get here? And if they got here, did they use petrol? And if they didn't yeah. use petrol, why are we using it? And why can't we use that technology? So mm-hmm. the energy system is completely tied into the UFO subject. And if you look at the major um, issues in the entire world, it all comes back to UFO disclosure. Like mm-hmm. Stephen Greer breaks it down in his webinar. It really does. Like So the ET thing is a huge factor in our ascension. Mm. Makes a lot yeah. of sense, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So is there any way to watch old events from Portal to Ascension? Because yep. you have such a backlog. How would we do that? So right now the only way to do it is email, go to our website, look at our past events, and then email me, and we can set it up. But in a week from now, we're going to have a whole e-commerce store up there. So we'll have a store where you can just go purchase either download, DVD, or you can just watch it online. So it will be very user-friendly. Beautiful. Great. That's exciting. Mhm. Yeah. That's we actually great. also created a uh, something that I'm proud of is we've created a speakers page where every single speaker we've ever worked with, we're creating an archive, and the archive is going to have their bio, all of the links, and all of the social media networks. So we want to become an an archive. You can literally go to our website, type in Consciousness Speaker Russia, and then get like every single speaker in your area. You know, mm. so that people have an easy way to. Like say that they want to learn something about UFO disclosure, you go to our website, type in UFO disclosure, and every speaker we ever work with, including all their events and their websites, will just show up right there for you. That's great. Quite the database. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Wow. Well, that's just great. Beginning. Yeah, it is. It is. It sounds mm-hmm. like uh, you're really blossoming here. Um, I'm you. glad that we, we had you on. In a year, you may be too busy for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. <laughs> Well, thank great. Awesome. Well, thank well, you so much, Neil. I learned a lot, and really, it was a pleasure speaking with you. You're very kind and very authentic. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Yeah, it's really, really been a great pleasure to have you. Such an amazing conversation. I'm sure everybody listening is riveted as well. So we can't wait to see your new website. Everybody can go to portal2ascension.org next week to find that. And yeah. um That's amazing. So thank you so much. We hope you have an amazing day. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Take care. You too. Bye. Rachel, we should should remind ourselves here next week to to post that on our Facebook page when his new site goes live because um, it sounds wonderful. He's really an amazing amazing speaker. and, And it's funny how, you know, he's, because he's a connector, he's mostly behind the scenes here. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's not the one, you know, featured in all these webinars. He's just putting these people forward, which is great. So it's really nice to speak with him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and just the caliber of events and speakers and information and how they go to such lengths to make sure that everything is in harmony and in resonance. And I just really appreciate that because we do – you know, for the people who are seeking this information, it's nice for them to have such a um, a safe place to go to learn, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I like that yeah. a lot. 
Yeah, that's great. That hour went by really fast. <laughs> it did. It did. Well, he was a lot of fun. He's just super smart, you know. So it it just um, he was so informative and had some so much information to share. So that was that was really positive. So I'm glad it all worked mm-hmm. out. <laughs> Despite me too. Great. Yeah. All right. And coming up next week, I think it's uh, I think we have Jim Self on. We do. So exciting. Yeah, yeah that's Jim great. Self is an amazing spiritual teacher. He has tools for your ascension. I'm sure he'll share some of those. I know Megan and I um, teach his tools all the time in our psychic development classes. And just such a, a warm, very wise person. So I know that you'll enjoy that. So definitely come back and listen to Jim Self next week. And then we have, do you want to do a drum roll for our next guest after that, Megan? Is, is it is it Jonas? It I is. Okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> so that's two weeks from today. Yay! Yeah. Uh, so we we have Jonas Elrod on the show in two weeks, and if you look up his documentary "Wake Up," and as far as I know, it's still on Netflix. Um, it's really amazing. Uh, he he documented a, about a year of his life um, after going through kind of a dramatic, abrupt spiritual awakening, where he, he started seeing angels and ETs and demons and and all sorts of stuff and and he just went on this quest to kind of understand more and and um so he went to all different kinds of spiritual places all over the country and and met different mentors and it documents that but um yeah he's a fascinating guy and and he even had a show with oprah on oprah's super soul sunday uh he had a six or eight week thing called in deep shift and you could see that live on sunday's when it was on, and he interviewed all sorts of people, like Alanis Morissette, who, who's you know quite spiritual and has had her own journey, and yeah, so, and he's still plugging away. So I, I really look forward to speaking with him. He's a very humble guy, yeah. So anyway, well, great, Rachel. Yeah. It was great to talk with you today. Yes, you too. Great show, and uh, we'll talk to you next week everybody for updates on the enlightenment evolution network shows go to facebook.com forward slash enlightenment evolution network we have shows every single day of the week and uh, they're all just as amazing as ours (laughs) so do check them out (laughs) all right well until next week oh sorry that's it yeah until next week rachel thank you yeah (laughs) lots of love everybody bye bye